lifted, we thank you that we can receive help from the sanctuary. We thank you, Father, that you've given us entrance into your presence. We enter your gates with thanksgiving and into your courts with praise. We are thankful unto you and we do bless your name. For you are good, your mercy is everlasting and your truth endures to all generation. And so now we thank you. We hasten to your throne. We run to you today and we ask for help from your sanctuary. Oh, bless your mind. Thank you for sending help today. And we run to your throne. Thank you for your witness today. And so, Father, as we stand in this preaching moment, we thank you that the entrance of your word brings light. Illuminate our path today. Speak to us and we will obey. Thank you that you are shifting us to a new place in you. Thank you, Father, for the shift. Thank you for the movement of your spirit. Thank you that your spirit is brooding over our hearts now. Thank you for change and transformation. Thank you, O oh God, for setting the trajectory of our lives in another direction. And so, Father, we just honor your presence even now. In Jesus' name. Before you're seated, put those hands together and give God some praise. Come on, give it to him like you know he's worthy. Come on, give it to him like you know he's worthy. Bless the name of the Lord. Glory to God. Listen, before you're seated, we didn't have an opportunity to do this earlier on in the service. If you would, just reach around to the person right in your vicinity and just love on them with the love of the Lord. Come on, just take a moment. Yes. Let's share some of this love that we are feeling even now. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, that you have love one for another. Come on. Give a sister girlfriend a hug. Let them know how beautiful they look. Come on, give a brother a high five and say, hey man, I celebrate you, come on. God bless you, glory to God. What a wonderful day this has been thus far, amen. Can you sense the presence of the Lord in the room? And all week and long, we have been enjoying this wonderful time, the celebration of motherhood. And certainly, we thank God for the visionary of this whole entire weekend, Lady May L. Blake. Come on, let's praise God for her. Hallelujah. We're gonna talk a little bit about her a little bit uh, later on, but um, we must celebrate God for the angel of this house who allows 
all of this to go on and we celebrate God for him and Lady May for 50 years of faithful service. Come on, let's praise God for Bishop Charles Edward Blake. And again, his not so secret weapon, Lady Mayo Blake, come on. Two of God's best. And we love you and we appreciate you and certainly a moment of personal privilege. I thank God for them because during one of the roughest seasons, as a matter of fact, I've had quite a few, but they have been rock steady, supportive in prayer, supportive in every way possible. And I just want West Angeles to know what great leaders we have. I know we always say it, but I'm pretty sure if we were able to pass this microphone down the aisle that everyone would have a testimony of how the lives of Bishop and Lady May Blake have touched our lives. So if you would, if you would, just one more time, help me celebrate these awesome, come on, raise it up, let them feel the love. Come on, you can turn it up, come on. Let them feel it, every prayer they pray. Every sermon he's preached, every smile she's given, come on. We thank God for you. And we speak long life and health that the purpose of God would be accomplished. Do you believe that? And let's say amen. We thank God for the first family to our assistant pastor, Pastor Charles, amen, and his lovely wife, Dee. The Pastor Larry and the one of a kind, Sister Janine. We honor God for you and what God is doing in your life. To my fellow workers, to my team, music department, amen. Media department, God bless you. Sister Trenora, you and this choir was phenomenal. Amen. God bless you all for your service on today. To all of you saints and friends, it is certainly an honor to stand behind this sacred desk. I wore a really long dress today so you wouldn't see my knees knocking. Because this is a different space. But a space nonetheless that I am thankful for. To my arrows, my children, two of them are in the house. One is out of the country. My two girls stand. That's Destiny and Christina. And I see my nephew, my nephew that looks just like my son, Brother Aaron. Wave your hand so they can see who you are. Amen. God bless you. That's for you, Destiny. And to my son, Michael, who is serving in the military in Japan. Thank God for him. He was watching in the first service. It's probably about uh, 3, 3 a.m. right now on Monday morning, but uh, he watched the last service and he sends his greetings. And certainly to my husband for over 30 years, Elder Darren McAllister. 
is on a school field trip out of the country, Hong Kong. I said, I wish I had those kind of field trips when I was in school. Come on, somebody. But he's studying uh, to receive his MBA from Pepperdine University, and we're so proud of him. On yesterday, I understand Lady May brought down the house. Talking about getting rid of clutter, mind clutter. And I was to be here on yesterday, but um, the first lady that I attended the church in Nashville, Tennessee, New Covenant Holy Temple, Church of God in Christ, she passed away. And she was a good friend of Lady May and also of Bishop Blake. And Lady May allowed me uh, to travel to Atlanta on yesterday to be a part of that celebration. And uh, we represented well, Lady May. We sent her home like a queen. Amen. Lady Connie Marie Smith, I must say her name on this morning. And also, in memory of my own mother, Dr. Clarice Christie, who helped to shape my life, gave me everything that I am today, and I do honor her in her absence. Well, let's go to the word of the Lord for a few fleeting moments. We are going to traverse through the word, and we know that God will speak to us. If you don't mind, please rest on your feet as we read our scripture for this time of sharing. I would that you all pray with and for me. Is that all right? All right, I'm going to be reading two passages of scripture. Number one is Ecclesiastes chapter number three, verse one, and then we're going to go quickly to Romans chapter eight and verse 28. Many of you can read and say these by heart because they're very familiar, but let's, for the sake of allowing the word of God to be heard and received into our hearts, let's read the word of the Lord. Ecclesiastes chapter three and verse one. Let's begin. To everything, uh-huh, and a time to every purpose under the heaven. And now Romans 8 and verse number 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love, uh-huh, to them who are the called according to his purpose. I would that you allow me to draw your attention for the next few fleeting moments to the subject, pregnant with purpose. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm pregnant with purpose. You may go to your seats. Yeah, pregnant with purpose. The second Sunday in the month of May, as Dr. Lewis has given us insight into, is traditionally set aside to celebrate the phenomenal gift of mother, who indeed are very special individuals who give of themselves unselfishly to accommodate the entrance of another human being into the world. They will carry, care for, and in most cases, love that child unconditionally, 
And for this, mothers should be celebrated and honored for their sacrifice. Can I get an amen, mothers? For 280 days or 40 weeks, those who are on a journey to motherhood for all intent and purposes relinquish their rights to the needs of that growing child inside. And as the child grows within, the mother yields her desires to accommodate the wonder of bringing another life into the world. Her normal becomes now a new normal as the process of gestation continues. Her body undergoes transformation, modifying itself to accommodate expansion as the center of gravity in the body begins to shift and as the body and the belly begins to grow. A couple of things begin to happen. The sense of smell is heightened. Foods which odors would have ordinarily prompted the eager anticipation of consumption, now those same foods and those smells cause nausea and disdain. Can I get a witness, mothers? Yet certain foods which are instinctively desired and the nutrients within are now directed to go first to the unborn child and then to herself. Comfort and sound sleep, which might have previously been enjoyed, have now become a rarity. The mother, in essence, yields and gives up control to the thing that is on the inside that which is developing to be delivered in a season to come. The late Dr. Miles Monroe, one of my mentors, said it best when he stated, where purpose is unknown, abuse is inevitable. Where purpose is unknown, abnormal use, abuse is inevitable. Inevitable. My brothers and sisters, if the purpose for a season is not known, it will be mishandled, discarded, and treated as if it were just another season. Seasons come and seasons go, so it's important to know the season that you're in and then forecast for the season to come. Well, according to the Farmer's Almanac, we are presently in the season of spring. But on Friday, June 21st, 2019, at precisely 6.07 Eastern Daylight Time, we will transition into summer. We are in spring, but summer is coming. I want to offer hope to us this morning that if you just hold on, your season is coming. I want you to help me praise the Lord for your season being on the way. Your shift is coming, your delivery is coming, your breakthrough is coming. As a matter of fact, guess what, saints? It's right here for those that with the eyes of faith can praise him right where you are and believe
might you see that your season is on the way. Who am I talking to this morning? You may not be able to see it with your natural eye, but you by faith can know and praise God right into it. Well, seasons come. And similar to the four seasons of spring, summer, fall, and winter, mankind marks the same in the seasons of life. With each season comes a new responsibility and the putting away of one mindset and the adopting and adhering to the new. The Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11, when I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I did what? I put away childish things. Note here, my sisters and brothers, that childish things don't just arbitrarily find themselves going away. They must be put away. And allow me to prophetically declare to you that this is not the season to be tripped up with what you were involved in in your past. Some things need to be put away or they will stop you from moving forward. Old mindsets need to be put away. Old practices need to be put away. Old habits need to be put away. Old flames need to be put Ah, uh-huh. Put away. Put away. You see, it's important for us to understand God has given us the newness of life to walk away from our past. In Isaiah chapter 48, 43 rather, in verse 18, he says, Remember not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a... Oh, come on, say it. I will do a... Now it shall spring forth. Shall ye not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Listen, my brothers and sisters, no matter how dry it's been in your life, no matter how long it's been in that condition, I'm here to let you know that God is making a way for you. He is bringing newness to you. And all you've got to do is position yourself. Somebody say, position yourself. Hallelujah. Now, here is a thought for us to consistently reflect upon and ponder. What or who are we holding on to which will prevent us from birthing destiny? You see, Sister Sylvia, this is not the season to allow our decaying past to stop us from our bright and promising future. This is not the season to be conflicted about who we are or what we've been created to do. This is the season to bring forth because we are pregnant with purpose. Somebody shout, I'm pregnant 
with purpose. And no matter what stage you find yourself in in life, no matter what age, there is still something on the inside awaiting release. Consider with me and allow me to give voice to three examples in the Holy Writ who brought purpose into the world, each from a different stage and season in their life. Sarah, the wife of Abraham, what can you share with us today to encourage us that we are pregnant with purpose? Well, I'm glad you asked. I was past the season of childbearing. My situation looked impossible. And when the angel came to my husband Abraham and told him that I was going to have a child, <laughs> I laughed. How could this thing be? I'm almost 80 years old. And Abraham, <laughs> he's 90. My womb is dried up and has been for several years. But you know what? Because I got tired of waiting got tired of holding on to the promise of God that I would bear a son. I decided to take things into my own hands. I encouraged my husband to have a child with my maid. Big mistake. Had I known then what I know now, I would have never suggested that he oblige me in that regard. And may I add that he didn't have any problem doing what I asked him to do. She was a young, pretty thing. Soon after, God yet held to his promise. In spite of my mistake, God yet held to his promise. And if I were to share a word with you, West Angeles, it would be, wait on God. Don't try to assist him in the thing that he promised you. Because whatever I watch God do, it was right and it was good. I was pregnant with purpose. Come on, let's give Sarah a hand. Oh, I see somebody else raising their hand. Hannah, yes, you, you. Please share with us your story. I had a loving husband, Elkanah. I wanted to give him children, but I was unable to do so, for the Lord had shut up my womb. 
His other wife, Penina, had children and was consistently and constantly agitating and provoking me each year when the family went to worship at Shiloh. Penina was so negative in her disposition and words towards me that at times all I could do was cry. My heart was grieved. I stopped eating. I stopped, I stopped moving. I, I, I was depressed. But guess what? Instead of staying depressed, I decided to go to the temple, to the house of God. And on my way, I would pray and ask God to grant me the honor of becoming a mother. I cried and I worshiped and I prayed. I cried, I worshiped and I prayed so much so that my actions caused Eli the priest to think that I was drunk. I wasn't drunk. I was just attempting to get an answer from God. I was just trying to reach out to my father to ask him, may I have a son? But it was not until I made a promise to God that I would give this child back to him, that he granted me the honor of birthing Samuel into the earth. And if I were to share an encouraging word with you, West Angeles, it would be this. There will always be situations and even people who will serve as agitators to discourage you. But you must look beyond the discomfort you must look beyond the agitation. You must look beyond the disappointment and believe against what you see that God will answer your prayers. I'm a witness. I was pregnant with purpose. Well, time is moving on and we only have time for one more testimony. I see, oh, there you are, Mary. I see you, Mary, the mother of Jesus. I was a young child when the angel Gabriel visited me and declared that something was simply impossible going to happen in my life. I was going to have a child without the assistance of a man. And that child would be the son of God. Faced with the scourge of teenage pregnancy, faced with the cultural probability of death by stoning, I knew in my heart that divine visitation was not happenstance, so I said yes. I said yes to the angel Gabriel, be it unto me according to thy word. I believed against what I feared. What would my parents think? What would Joseph think? What would the people think? How could I care for this child? I was afraid, but I chose to believe against what I thought. I chose to believe God, for with God, nothing is impossible. I believed and learned through that season that people and what they thought about me was none of my business. Because people will always have something to say, but that should not deter us from doing what God has designed. I was pregnant with the Savior of the world. How insane would it look for me to be concerned about what they said when I was pregnant with a gift from heaven that would literally save the world? And so I would say to you, West Angeles, each of you have the potential for world changing on the inside of you. It's just as simple as this example. Even the seat that you're sitting in was conceived in somebody's mind before it became reality. What if they allowed their doubts and their fears and what people thought to cause them to cease from their path? All we have in the world presently 
began with conception. And as I brought Christ into the world, his father gave both Joseph and I the responsibility to rear him. As a baby, he did not know the potential that he had within him. So his father and I was given the responsibility to pour into him. So much so that Jesus said to me when I found him in the temple after two days of searching for him, Mother, didn't you know that I would be about my father's business? Many have thought that Jesus' statement to me sounded a bit like putting me in my place, but allow me to give you a little insight into this. I know him. I birthed him. What he was saying was, Mother, you of all people should know that I would be here. You taught me. You showed me who I am. You led me in the practices of worship and prayer. You told me what the angels said and reminded me of each and every night when I went to bed and reminded me each and every morning when I arose. Jesus, remember who you are. You're the son of God. Jesus, remember, you can't do that. Jesus, you can't. Huh? Mm. Ah, oh, my. Oh, I hear the Lord saying there's something special in each and every one of us and there's certain things that we can't do, some places we can't go, some things we can't say, some things we can't see because there is purpose on the inside. And so Mary says, when he spoke those words to me, he was right. West Angeles, the thing inside you is great. Nurture it, care for it, and when it's time, it will speak, and all will see, I was pregnant with purpose. Come on, let's just take a praise break right here. If you know you're pregnant with purpose, if you know God has birthed something on the inside of you, come on, let's just take a few seconds. I'll give you 15 seconds to give God the biggest praise and the biggest Shabbat that you can. Because you know that your season is on the way. Your time of birthing is now. Hallelujah. And so, purpose is birthed to solve a problem. And the purpose for which you are born has an objective which is to bring us to the ultimate fulfillment of God's intention, that which he designed before the foundation of the world. The sovereign will, timing, and plan of God caused each of us to be, to be delivered into a place, a circumstance, a family, and yes, even a church, which will serve as crucibles for purpose to be honed and processed. And so if one does not understand that they are pregnant with purpose, they will negate the season of preparation. Someone once said, when preparation meets opportunity, that equals destiny. Very similar to the preparation which, which must be done to set the environment for the newborn child, we alike must prepare for what is to come. I want you to just help me look at your neighbor and say, get ready, prepare for what is to come. 
Hallelujah. There are some of you under the sound of my voice who are facing situations that look nothing like what you believe to be in your future and therefore give into impatience and frustration, making unnecessary mistakes like Sarah and like Moses, who was the deliverer, but took things into his own hands when he killed the Egyptian. We must wait on God and prepare for what is to come. You understand, and I'm spelling out the word purpose. Proverbs 4 and verse 7 says, Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and with all thy getting, get what? The word understand is a compound word which means to stand under, to have the power of comprehension. And in order to fulfill purpose, one must not only stand on the word of God, but must allow the word of God to cover their mind like the helmet of salvation spoke of in Ephesians chapter 6. Psalm 140 and verse 7 says, O Lord my God, the strength of my salvation, thou hast covered my head in the day of battle. We must understand that if God be for us, somebody help me out, who can be against us? And my brothers and sisters, we must also are, have resilience. Say resilience. We must have a stick We must focus and rely on what we already know and let nothing rock us from our place of peace. We must plant our feet firmly and say, whatever come, I choose to believe the word of the Lord. Proverbs 24 and verse 10 tells us, if we faint in the day of adversity, our strength is small. Despite what comes your way, stick to the plan, stick to the purpose, stick to the script. Don't deviate from what God has said. P, position yourself. Come on, look at somebody and say position yourself. Position yourself. Surround yourself with those who can speak words of encouragement. Death and life is in the power of the tongue and when you are pregnant with purpose, you need those that are in your corner that are going to help to push you to the place of delivery. You need those that are going to hold you accountable for what you are and who God has called you to be. You need those that are going to help to encourage you on your journey. Too many people are dream killers like Penina and Samballot and Tobias who tried to talk Nehemiah out of his purpose of rebuilding the wall around the city of Jerusalem. You must position yourself away from negativity and surround yourself with people who will inspire you. Listen to this quote. If you look at people in your circle and don't get inspired, then you don't have a circle, you have a cage. I'll say that again. If you look at the people in your circle, look at the people down your row, look at the people down your row. Uh-huh, uh-huh. 
and you don't get inspired, something about them inspires you to be better than you are. You need people that are going to inspire you not to be not to be worse than you are, but better than you are. And you don't get inspired if you look at them. You don't have a circle. You have a cage. Guess who said that? Prophet to the streets and rapper Nipsey Hussle said that. But guess what? The concept, the precept is right in the word of God. Be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. I, I know that scripture very well because that's one of the scriptures that my mother used to take a strap to us on. Come on, somebody. Y'all know about that. We don't do that anymore, but yeah, uh-huh. Be not deceived. I wonder why she didn't just use the one word. It was like every syllable. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Hallelujah to Jesus. Oh, obedient. Philippians 2 and verse 5 speaks of Jesus. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus whom being in the form of God did not think it robbery to be equal with God took upon himself the form of a bondservant and was made in the fashion and the likeness of men. He became obedient unto death even the death of the cross. But it didn't stop there. Wherefore God hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You see, if you humble yourself in obedience, there will be an exaltation later on. People may talk about you and call you a flunky and call you a scrub while you're doing what it is necessary to humble yourself to be who God has called you to be. But guess what? Your season is coming. Your season is on the way. And you can begin to praise him right now. For what's getting ready to take place, I feel my help coming on. Yes, sacrifice is S, sacrifice, sacrifice. There are several things that a woman gives up as she is on her way to becoming a mother. As we are pregnant with purpose, sometimes we sacrifice sleep. Ladies, sometimes we sacrifice our shape. <laughs> yeah, there's some sacrifices that need to be made. And Psalm 51 and verse 17, David says, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. Oh God, you will not despise. Your love for a thing denotes how much you will sacrifice for that thing. I heard Bishop Blake say in the earlier service that when we sacrifice, we, you give of yourself. And David said, I will not give unto God that which costs me nothing. I will sacrifice. And a sacrifice is not a sacrifice until it costs you something. We bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of God, which is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks unto him, lifting up holy hands without wrath or doubting. What does that tell us, Sister Judy? There are times that life takes place and life does happen. How many of you know that life happens? And when life happens and life has a tendency to try to get us to shut down in our emotions, to shut down in our voices, to shut down in our praise, that is the very time when we need to give God a sacrifice because it's worth something. I wish I had somebody to help me give God a sacrifice 
a praise right here. Hallelujah. Oh my goodness, I got to hurry on. E, expectation. We must stand in expectation of the promise. But guess what? Right around that ninth month and, and you can't really sit down and you can't really lay down. You're uncomfortable in every place that you go. The clothes don't fit. You refuse to buy anything else because you done spent enough money on all of those maternity clothes. There's a certain sound that is emitted from the one that's getting ready to bring forth. It's not a cute sound. It's like, ugh. Oh no, when you're on that table and those contractions are coming one after another, you don't have time to be cute. You don't have time to worry about who is looking at you and what they're gonna think about you. All of your attention is focused on this moment that you've lived and that you've sacrificed and that you've given all nine months to, guess what you're getting ready to bring forth? That sound and the intensity of the sound helps us to understand how desperate you are. And do we have any desperate people in the house of God today that will say, God, I'm getting ready to bring forth, but I need you to help me. Come on, let me hear all the desperate people in the room. God, I can't do it without you. It is you that I live and move and have my being. If I don't have you, I can't make it. I need you to help me to push this purpose so that your name may be glorified. Listen, I have some more, but I'm going to stop. The Holy Ghost is saying there's someone in this room right now. Everybody's standing, everybody's standing, everybody's standing. Hallelujah to Jesus. Somebody in this room right now that is right on the brink of your breakthrough. There's somebody in this room that has been faced with the hardship of life and you say, Sister Judy, I can't take it anymore. I came to the house of God today because my mama asked me to come. My big mama asked me to come. My dad asked me to come. I'm here because I need something from God. I realize that I'm pregnant with purpose. You see, my brothers and sisters, the very fact that you're standing in this place right now means that you are a winner. You already have the victory. But there is another level of victory that we can win this morning. There's another level of life that we can receive this morning because Jesus said, I am come that you might have life and that you might not just have life, but have it what? More abundantly. I'm talking to somebody today that has value. Look at this $20 bill. Who wants this? Okay. I just crushed it. Like some of you have been crushed by life. Who wants it? The value has not changed. 
not only have I taken this $20 bill, but I trampled on it. It's flat. Doesn't have any more spring back. But who wants it? The value has not changed. Can I say with you this morning that no matter what life has done to you, it may have crushed you, it may have stepped on you, but you're still valuable. You're valuable and he's calling for you because you're pregnant with purpose. If I'm speaking to you, get down here to this altar. I need somebody to help me praise God for what he's doing in this room right now. Hallelujah. That's it, come on. Come on, as you praise him, they will come. Your value has not changed. As a matter of fact, your stock just went up. Hallelujah. Yes, that's it, come on, come on. Join to the altar, come on. Come on, come on. Come on, Zion, praise him. I'm gonna wait on you. I'm gonna wait on you. I'm gonna wait on you. You're pregnant with purpose. You're pregnant with purpose. Come on, Zion, put your hands together. Give God, open your mouth and give God the best. Come on. There are souls being snatched from the gates of hell even now. Hallelujah. God love you so much I want you to listen to me right here right here right here he loved you so much that he gave his son to die if you were the only person that existed in this world, he would give his son for you. That's how much he loves you. And no matter what life has done to you, or no matter what you have done to yourself, you are still valuable. You still have worth. And now I want you all, those of you that are at the altar and those of you that are in the congregation, do not know the Lord Jesus Christ 
as your personal Lord and Savior. This is what this is all about. This is no trick. This is no, no fun and games. This is for you to be translated from where you are to where you should be. From what you are to what he knows he created you to walk in. Listen, if you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ and the pardon of your sins, I'm not forcing you, but let me tell you something. This is the best life that you could ever have. I often say coming to know the Lord Jesus Christ is your savior doesn't stop the rain from falling. It rains on the just and the unjust alike. But the difference is with Jesus, we have an umbrella. We have protection. And so if you don't know Jesus Christ and you want to know him, I want to see you by the lifting of your hand all over the room. Come on, lift up your hand. If you don't know him and you want to know him, that's right, it's okay. Amen. Come on, let's praise God for the hands at the altar. Yes. And so that nobody is embarrassed or feels put out or put on blast, if you will, I want everybody to repeat this prayer after me. Dear Lord, I come to you just as I am, broken by life, broken by the things that I've decided to do. But I thank you that you are the great potter and you can put my life back together again. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that he rose again for me. He died and gave his life that I might have a right to the tree of life. And so now I confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus. And I believe in my heart that God has raised him from the dead. And according to your word, because of your goodness to me and because of your sacrifice for me I am now saved I am now delivered and I praise you in Jesus mighty name hallelujah come on family let's celebrate Now listen, there are yet some of you that are in the audience that need to come because I'm going to pray a collective prayer before those of you that have raised your hand. Uh, we'll go to the prayer room in a moment, but I just sense that there are yet others that need to come. We're just going to pray a prayer, a collective prayer over you today that each and every one of you, because you have purpose, that you will not miscarry, that you will not abort the purpose of God over your life. It is the enemy that comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But as I said a moment ago, Jesus said, I have come that you might have, and have it what? 
Okay, so if you want to be a part of this prayer, I want you to find yourself quickly down at this altar. Quickly, 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 quickly. Hallelujah. Glory to the name of Jesus. That's right. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. Come on. Come on. We wait on you. We'll wait on you. That's it. Everyone else, I just want you to touch somebody. You don't have to touch their hand. Just touch them. Touch them on the shoulder. My sisters, come on in the choir. Just unify together. We're going to bombard heaven. Are you ready? There's too much miscarrying in the spirit. Too many of us have aborted our purposes. Following after things that God has not given us insight into. There are things that need to be birthed even here in this place. For one reason or another, we have let slip. But we come this morning on this Mother's Day to proclaim and declare that we are pregnant with purpose. And never again will we allow the enemy to cause us to miscarry. So Father, in the name of Jesus and in obedience to your word, we thank you right now for the fact that you've given us insight and you've allowed us to see that we are pregnant with purpose. We thank you, Father God. Hallelujah. 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 That there is a holy thing on the inside of us. We thank you, Father, for the purpose that you have planned for us before the foundation of the world. And we thank you even now that that purpose will come forth. We will be who you've called us to be. We will do what you've called us to do. We will operate in the manner by which governs the heavenly systems in the name of Jesus. We honor you, Father, for another chance to get it right, to be impregnated with dreams and visions and goals that will advance your kingdom. And so today, Father, we open our hearts to you and we say yes, even as Mary of old said yes, be it unto us as you have spoken in your word in the name of Jesus. And so, Father, we thank you Thank you, Father, that no intrinsic or extrinsic weapon, no weapon formed against us shall prosper in the name of Jesus. And every tongue that rises up against us, every negative tongue, every whispering tongue, every agitating tongue, in the name of Jesus is rebuked in Jesus' name. And so now we thank you for liberty. We thank you for freedom. We thank you, God, that we're pregnant with purpose. All the pregnant people, let me hear you shout! Come on, if you know you're pregnant with purpose, shout! And so we thank you for the blood. We cover each one in the blood of Jesus. The blood that heals, delivers, sets free. We superimpose the blood 
over every lie and trick and scheme of the enemy. And we thank you today for freedom in Jesus' mighty name. Listen, I want you to look at your neighbor right next to you. Just look at them. Don't touch them. Just look at them and say, neighbor, you are pregnant with a purpose. Just come on, look at somebody else and say, neighbor, you are pregnant with a purpose. Come on, look at one more person and then we're going to push together. You ready? Say, neighbor, your pregnancy is getting ready to become reality because you're getting ready to hold what you've had on the inside. Now, come on, on the count of three, everybody push. One, two, three, push. Don't go back yet. Don't go back yet. Don't go back yet. There are those of you that raised your hand for the first time and said, this is the first time you prayed that prayer. Altar workers, lift your hands. I need you to go with this altar worker right here. Come up on the steps so they can see you, sweetheart. Hallelujah. I need you to go with them. Those of you that want to join, amen. Make way, make way, wait, wait. Those of you that want to join West Angeles Church, a place, a birthing station. Come on. That's it. That's it. Come on. This is a birthing station. Yes, this is a birthing station. We're pregnant with purpose. This is a birthing station. And those that want to join West Angeles Church, amen. Our pastor, Bishop Blake, is right here. Come on. Let's celebrate God for these that have come today. Hallelujah. That's it. That's it. That's it. Come on, celebrate God for them as they go. 